Welcome to another edition of the official Jets podcast. The podcast profile series continues on here. We got Zach Wilson on board. We didn't speak to Zach Wilson, but we spoke to his father, Mike Wilson. We got Aaron Roderick on the horn, the BYU offensive coordinator. And of course, we wrap things up with John Beck, who is Zach Wilson's quarterback's coach. And long story short, we have a fully loaded episode. I think we kind of take people through the full journey of Zach Wilson, starting with his dad, who was changing his diapers when he was a little baby. And then we extend all the way to John Beck, the guy who he's trained with for countless hours over the years who really helped him take his game to the next level where he exploded on the national scene at BYU last season. We, in fact, if you had told us that Zach Wilson was going to be the number two overall selection a year ago, we would have totally not believed you. Yeah, and what I like about John Beck's interview, and we'll get to him in the last segment, he was very refreshing. You asked him, like, when did you know he was going to be the player he was and he said well you know it takes time it's in steps first could he be a good college quarterback then does he have a shot to be a quarterback at the next level and then at what point in the draft do you get selected so we'll hear from him in a bit but let's start chronologically you mentioned Zach Wilson's father Mike Wilson changing his diapers well let's start with Mike Wilson who said that just to give you a glimpse of the kind of athlete Zach Wilson is he's riding a bike with no training wheels at two years old. I have a hard time believing that. I have a daughter who's about 21 months old. I can't imagine her being on a bike without training wheels. But if Zach Wilson really did that, which even though I have a hard time believing it, <laughs> I, I'm taking Mike Wilson for his word. That's something else. But also, he told you that when Zach was six or seven years old, he's watching YouTube videos, not funny dog videos, but watching instructional <laughs> videos in terms of how is that going to help him getting better at particular sports. Funny dog videos? Is yeah, that... that's what a lot of young kids watch. Okay. Animal, funny stuff. Yeah, I, I understand. I just thought it was funny that you went to the funny dog route. Yeah, well, where what else are you watching when you're six or seven? I don't, yeah, that's yeah. a good point. I don't know. But Zach Wilson, we'll hear from Paw Mike. Patrol. Oh, I've seen an episode of Paw Patrol. Yeah. Um, Zach Wilson, also big time Hooper, like not just playing, but also big time fan. And we'll hear from Mike Wilson about that. And and I think that you really get a good grasp of also that relationship that started out as father, son, then became coach player a little bit and kind of teetered the line of coach player and father, son. And how do you balance that? And then now. They're best buds, so I think it's really cool to hear all the different perspectives there. You mentioned basketball. In Utah, growing up in Utah, three very big things. The Utah Jazz, but maybe they come after BYU and Utah. It's such a Mm -hmm. fascinating dynamic when you're talking about Mike Wilson, who played at Utah, and his son ends up being the youngest starting quarterback at BYU and now a bunch of the Wilsons are going to BYU. Yeah, the the tide has shifted. The tables have turned in the Wilson family. But let's hear from Mike Wilson. Mike, just simply put, how would you describe Zach as a kid growing up? You know, Zach was a pretty uh, pretty serious kid. He was always an overachiever. He uh, he, he loved sports. He, he loved to play. He loved to go out full of energy. Um and, and, you know, from a young age, he's always super competitive. 
you, is there like a, I know you got a big family over there. Is there an example that sticks out to you of Zach being competitive, maybe off of the football field or the basketball court? Um, uh, I, I, I don't know if anything really sticks out that I can remember, but I know Zach's always been that, that overachiever, right? Like he, when he, from a young age, and believe it or not, he actually rode a two wheel bike with no training wheels before he was two years old, which is crazy. Right. And he was just so determined to ride this bike. He just, you know, kept falling and getting up, falling, and getting up, falling, and getting up. And that dude just barely got out of diapers and he was able to ride this little two wheeler around. And, and so Zach's always been really motivated and, um, you know, pretty coordinated from a young age. That's awesome. You know, that kind of leads me to my next question. At what point, you know, maybe it was, riding a bike without training wheels, at what point did you realize Zach was a good athlete, just in general? Um, I think it was right then. <laughs> I'd never seen a, two, a two-year-old ride a two-wheeler. But, you know, Zach always had this ability to, to, to replicate things. Like we, he'd watch YouTube videos of, uh, you know, basketball players dunking and doing certain moves. And I had this little basketball hoop in my basement that – I'd sit and watch TV and he's over there dunking. He's probably, you know, six, seven years old and was able to duplicate, you know, like 360s and between the legs and dunk and all this stuff. And I was just like, man, this seems really, you know, seems like a pretty high level for such a young kid. But he'd always just just had it naturally and he loved it, never had to really push him. He just enjoyed enjoyed sports and competing. Zach was a pretty good basketball player too, right? Like up through high school? Yes. We actually thought he was going to get um, – we actually thought basketball was his path. We actually thought he was going to be a basketball player. And uh, we traveled from third grade on to Vegas and L.A. and these different tournaments across the country. In fact, the last time we were in New Jersey uh, till recently was Zach played in the N- uh, EYBL tournament out in New Jersey his sophomore year in high school. And so basketball was a big part of our life. He was probably playing 120 games a year. And um, we just thought that was his path. And it, you know, didn't work out. You know, I, I saw a video um, of it was BY, BYU put it on. And it was a video that included you and Zach. And you were talking about your relationship with all of your kids and how you coach them. So how would you describe the way in which you coach your boys and in particular Zach? So, you know, coaching Zach, um, you know, because I played college football. I played at the University of Utah. And I never wanted to be that dad that kind of, you know, hovered over their kids that lived vicariously through them and all that stuff. And so I remember the first time I went to coach Zach, it wasn't really my fault. I didn't want to do it. We signed him up for flag football. And I think he was six or seven years old. And my wife had um, said that the league kept calling and said they needed a coach. And I said, well, I'm not coaching. I'm not doing that. And she's like, well, they really need a coach. We kept going back and forth. And finally they sent a last email saying, that they were going to disband the team because there's no coaches that were going to step forward. And so my wife decided to make me a coach. And I said, I didn't want to do it, but I did it. And unfortunately she like opened this, this, this big can that I I didn't know existed. Right. I didn't know how much I would love coaching and coaching my boys. And so it's been a great way for me to bond with them. Right. It gets me away from work and, um, and, and, you know, coaching Zach, it's been, uh, you know, there's been definitely been some ups and downs, right, with any father-son coaching duo. And, um, you know, there's been times where I've had to push him really hard, and there's been times where I don't. And, you know, there's always that, that, that give and take, the relationship. And um, it's really hard to, you know, separate the, the coach from the dad sometimes. But 
um, you know, it was a great experience. Zach and I are, you know, we're best friends. We've been doing this, you know, since he was born, right? Just coaching and uh, going to tournaments and football games. And I pretty much coached him in every sport his whole life, all the way through. Um, even in high school, I was his, I got the help uh, in high school, his junior year. And then the whole coaching staff got let go, probably my fault, but um, they uh, brought on a new coach and, uh, and you know, went from there. But so I coached Zach a long time. You, you know, I'm glad you mentioned separating the coach from the dad. It, I feel like that's a pretty difficult thing to do. So how do you and Zach approach separating a coach-player relationship and as well as a father-son one? So at the time it was hard, right? And, and literally, because I could call in the plays and if something didn't go right, and I was probably the one that couldn't let it go um, versus him. He was always fine with it, but uh, it was it was difficult. It was a lot of learning on my part to try and separate the two. But you know, now now it's not a big deal. I mean, in fact, um, what he's learning with the Jets right now currently is way above my pay grade, and so I'm learning all over. And so it's great to. To just, we talk about it every night and we, you know, we figure things out and, you know, coaching staff's been amazing there. They've got these tutorial videos that I've watched with him. I'm trying to understand and learn the offense and uh, it's been great. So we don't have that. We don't have that, that buddy heads anymore. The, the, the father, the father coach thing. But, um, um, you know, we still talk about football and love football, you know, in our free time we watch football. So it's, it's been great. You know, as you're coaching Zach, at what point do you realize, like, okay, I think, you know, my son has a chance to do something at the college level, and then watching him at BYU, at what point are you saying, like, oh, wow, like this this could go to the next level to where he is now? Yeah, I think at, um, I think when I realized he could play college football, I think he was, it was probably a sophomore year. He, he started towards the end of the season as a sophomore in high school, and he had done really well. And he was playing against kids that were much older, much bigger, faster, stronger, all that stuff. And he still was one of the better players. And so I think at that point I realized, hey, I think Zach can really play college football. But remember, we were still a basketball family. We thought he was going to be a basketball player. And so um, he didn't really focus on football until after his junior year of high school. He stopped playing basketball and we didn't travel that last year. And he said he wanted to focus on football. And um, it ended up, you know, working out. Things took off and it worked out really well for him. And then was there a moment in college that was equivalent to what you just described to the next level? Yeah, so I think in college, you know, like I said, Zach has always been, I mean, he's always, he always is surprising me, right? You know, I mean, I always think he'd get to a level. Like, I remember when he got to college, I said to him, hey, I said, hey, bro, there's, there's no way you're going to be able to run around and do your thing like you did in high school. These guys are much bigger, stronger, faster, all that stuff. But he gets into college and he was actually still doing this thing. He was still, he was still, still, still able to outrun guys and run around and make plays and still be creative and, you know, be on time with passes. And, and, and I think uh, for me, the moment that I thought Zach had an opportunity or was going to get a chance to play in the NFL was um, in 2018, Zach's freshman year, true freshman year, we played Western Michigan in Idaho, a famous Idaho and he had an 18 for 18 game. And I watched him in that game and I just thought, oh my gosh, like, and I've been around football for a long time. I've never seen personally anybody throw a perfect game. And Zach, it wasn't like he was just taking check downs and easy passes. He was throwing the ball downfield, field, making plays. And I think at that point I thought to myself, 
I think he's going to get at least an opportunity to play in the NFL at some point. At what point in the, I'll say, in the draft process, the pre-draft process, did you think and realize that the Jets were a realistic destination for Zach to continue on his career? Um, you know, you, you hear a lot of rumors and, you know, you, all the media. I, I don't know what's right or what, what's wrong. I, I think we realized that the Jets really um, – I mean, they kept, they, you know, I, mean, I don't know if we really fully realized that he was going to go there, and but we always thought it was a possibility, but I don't know if you can believe what you, you know, you hear in the media with all the projections. So we really didn't believe it until it was done, but, you know, we had a lot of conversations with, uh, with the organization and they all seemed like great guys and Joe Douglas and Sala LaFleur, they were all just a nap. They're all amazing people. And um, Zach really connected with them. But again, on the flip side, he also had a lot of, uh, great Zoom meetings and calls with, with multiple other teams too. So we, we really didn't know what was going to happen until it happened. So, And then it did happen. And, you know, hearing Zach speak, he sounds extremely excited to work with the guys that you just mentioned, from Joe Douglas to Robert Sala to Mike LaFleur and Greg Knapp and the entire staff. Just how, how comfortable do you think Zach is coming here? I mean, you were on the flight with him from Cleveland to the New Jersey area, to the facility. You go through the whole tour. I mean, just watching him throughout the building, it seems like he's extremely excited, not only just to be in the NFL, but to be a part of this Jets organization in particular. Would you say that's a fair assessment? Yeah, it is definitely. You know, because I mean, you know, remember, we're from, we're from Utah, and so the Utah procession of the Jets is probably different. I mean, I don't know. It's just... It's, you know, Jets haven't won, and, you know, there's a lot of, we don't know what's going on. We've been through multiple coaches, but through the through the Zoom process, Zach had really got to know Sala, LaFleur, Nat, um, Joe Douglas, and he just really bonded and connected really well with those guys. And he just said that he really enjoyed them. He thought they were great, great guys, easy to talk to, which is what he wanted, part, wanted, wanted to be a part of. Um, and uh, he just seemed to really connect with them. You know, we didn't know much about the Jets. We knew it was in New York. I, we didn't know until we got there that it was actually in New Jersey. I didn't know that. And so, um, but, you know, it's, 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 a, it's a great opportunity for Zach and, and, and his team to see if they can pull these guys out of the, the, the last few years of, of not winning football games. And he's going to use that as a challenge and, and uh, is excited for it. Mike, so we uh, very important question here. You know, it was recently announced that, Full capacity is expected at MetLife Stadium. Are we going to be seeing you at some Jets games this year? What's your plan here? Because Utah and New Jersey aren't very close. Yeah, absolutely. We're going to do whatever we can to get there. We're going to we're going to be there. So currently, you guys don't know this, but I, I'm the sophomore coach for um, our high school team. So we play on Thursdays, and then I have a uh, going to be sophomore quarterback. Hopefully, he'll be at the he's at the high school. And then I have a senior linebacker that's at the high school. So they'll play Friday nights. And then Saturday, I go to the BYU football games, and I have a middle linebacker there who's a, who'll, be a, a, who'll be a redshirt freshman next year um, at BYU on Saturdays. And then we'll somehow make it to New Jersey or New York to watch, to watch Zach on Sunday. So it's going to be quite an exciting four days in a row. Football, 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 football. <laughs> <laughs> at all the different levels, a lot of frequent yeah. flyer points, a lot of hotel points yeah. coming your way. Mike, thank you so much. Yeah. We can't appreciate the time enough, and hopefully we'll see you soon.
No problem. Appreciate you having me on. Thank you. Great stuff from Mike Wilson. Now let's turn the table or let's turn the page from high school to college, you know, just general overview. Now let's go to BYU with Aaron Roderick, who's now the offensive coordinator for the Cougars. And what I really liked about your interview with him is he was talking about how he gave Zach a chance to be a red shirt his sophomore season. And then he gave him a chance to, to like sit out a couple games when he hurt his hand and his thumb. And Zach Wilson said, no, no, I don't think so. So there's a couple things to get to here real quickly. Playing at BYU comes with it a lot of pressure. You are a huge focus, and the expectation is big because you're talking about guys like Mark Wilson, Jim McMahon, Ty Detmer, Robbie uh, Robbie Bosco, uh, John Beck, of course, Taysom Hill, uh, Steve Sarkeesian. Uh, who is now the coach at Texas. Those are guys who all slung it right. at BYU. So the expectation is for you to play the position, but play it at the highest of levels. And you have Zach Wilson go in there. He becomes the youngest starting quarterback in BYU history. Has an unbelievable freshman year. Expectations are high. Then he has off-season shoulder surgery. Um, and... Then Roderick is saying, hey, listen, maybe you should redshirt. Zach Wilson said, oh, no, 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 I'm playing. <laughs> then not only does he start playing that year, they go on the road and beat Tennessee in an SEC stadium. Then you come home and beat Elijah Vera Tucker and USC. <laughs> Those are two nationally uh, prominent programs on the landscape. But he suffers a broken thumb later in the year. And again, Roderick saying, listen, maybe you take a step back and sit it out. And no, Zach Wilson wanted to be out there for his guys. He's going to do anything he could. And of course, where we saw the meteoric rise was between that offseason where he finally got healthy in that junior year. Right. And the fascinating part in all this to me is when Zach Wilson was coming out of college, in the pre-draft process, everyone pointed to the shoulder injury. It was like, you know, who is like who is he? Well, listening to Roderick, I think it alleviates concerns or would have alleviated concerns if you're a draft evaluator because you're thinking this guy's putting it on the line for his team and he's not being selfish or, you know. I think it would be totally understandable if he was like, you know what? And Roderick said it himself. You sit out this year, you get healthy. That way, you know, you come back better than ever and you can put your best foot forward for your pro hopes, your NFL hopes. Instead, he plays through the year, and then that fully healthy season came last year, 2020, in a weird college football season with the COVID protocols and the season canceled, then it's back for all the different conferences. So I I just think that listening to Roderick, you really get a good sense of who Zach Wilson is as a competitor. Yeah, and it talks about his toughness. The other side of the coin here is Roderick said – Zach Wilson may be a better coach. He never wanted to enter the meeting room with Wilson knowing more about Mm -hmm. an opponent than he did. The mental horsepower. Yeah, but that's not – you don't hear that a lot where guys are so far ahead and they can't get enough. Right. But we've heard Mike LaFleur here early in Wilson's Jets career say the same thing. Like, you don't want to put too much on his plate, but he's always absorbing and he wants to take the next step because he constantly has that insatiable hunger to get better and have more information. 
And the one last thing I want to say about this Roderick interview, because I, again, don't want to steal his thunder. What I liked about what Roderick said, when I, th- I think there were questions about Zach Wilson's size coming out of school, right? Like 6'2", 214, that's what he weighed in at at BYU. And Roderick said, well, he got a lot better at not taking dumb hits. That, that was what he said. And I think as a quarterback who's not 6'5", and broad-shouldered, like he's not Ben Roethlisberger, Right, uh, you think about someone of his size, right? Zach Wilson. Uh, if you if you have the smarts to you know get down and not take big hits, then you probably increase your longevity. No, I think that's a good point. And uh, Roderick is going to talk about his accuracy as well, and and that really stuck out to me. People mention accuracy, but Roderick really gave you the finer points on what in a football term accuracy means because I think people think well accuracy just makes means completing the pass but he really broke it down very well all right well that's a great segue let's hear from Aaron Roderick Aaron how special of a place is BYU and with that being said how much pressure was on Zach Wilson when he became the youngest starting quarterback in school history yeah that's a good good uh point you're you know the 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 quarterback standard here is is uh been well established for a long time there's a lot of pressure on anybody that starts at at qb here um you know i don't know how well your fans know you know how many good quarterbacks have played here but you can go back really far to back in the day the mark wilson jim mcmahon robbie bosco steve young ty detmer Steve Sarkeesian, uh, and then more recently, John Beck, you know, um, um, I'm forgetting, uh, Taysom Hill, you know, was a recent, recent guy playing well for the Saints right now. Um, so, yeah, there's a pretty, pretty high expectation for the quarterback here. And, um, and we do have a national fan base who is very, very involved. And so, um, our, our QBs play under a lot of pressure. It's, 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 uh, you know, your fans might not be familiar with it, but it's, it's a really high expectation. Yeah, because people are talking about a Utah kid making the transition to New York, but playing at BYU, while you're not in the metropolis that is New York City, there are a lot of eyes on you. Correct, yeah. And it's, well, first of all, in our state, you know, you've got two major college football programs and, it's a really heated thing and everybody's got a strong opinion about it. And then we have Utah jazz. And so in our state, there's really, that's it. That's those, those are the biggest sports items. And then when you consider that we have a, a national fan base, I mean, that's very, very involved in social media. We've got our own, you know, TV network and all that stuff you know, so that we, our, our fans are super into it and, to play quarterback here comes with a lot of responsibility and a lot of pressure. And I thought Zach handled the ups and downs of that like a pro. So his first two seasons, how would you describe 2018 and 2019? I think he completed 64% of his passes at 23 touchdowns and 14 interceptions. Yeah, I, I would just say that it, it was all part of the process. You know, his, his freshman year was a, uh, was phenomenal for a freshman. I mean, he, he got to take over the starting job mid season, you know, we were sort of, uh, up and coming sort of, you know, 
getting better kind of situation. It was perfect. He got to come in and sort of be the hero. And he, he capped off his freshman year with a perfect bowl game. He was like 18 for 18 for, I think it was 300 something yards and three touchdown passes or something like that. It was a great game. And then all of a sudden, you know, that he's like the answer to all our problems. Right. And everybody's crowning him just, you know, right up there with the greats. And he was a freshman and he had a, he had a really serious uh, shoulder surgery that off season. And so then he ended up playing his whole sophomore year, pretty much injured. I mean, he wasn't a hundred percent. In fact, going into the first game, we gave him the opportunity to redshirt. And I, I spoke with him said, listen, man, you're not all the way there. You could sit this year out, get yourself healthy. Think about your pro career. Uh, which I thought was in his future. And he said, no way, I'm playing. And he played less than 100% and played well, though. We won some big games. We won on the road at Tennessee. Uh, I think that was one of only two times maybe in BYU history to win on the road at an SEC stadium. Uh, we beat USC at home in an overtime game. It was a really, really good win. He had some good games. And then – then. Uh, playing well and then and then breaks his thumb mid-season making a tackle by the way just he's a tough kid and um misses a few more games with the thumb injury again i gave him the chance said listen you sit the rest of this year out get your thumb right get your shoulder right he said no way i'm playing so three weeks later he's back in there playing again with not a lot of uh, flexibility in his hand the shoulder still wasn't all the way there and he just gutted through it, and and um, so it, his numbers sophomore year weren't like off the charts. But I was really proud of how he played, how t- the toughness he showed, and I thought that that was when he really won over his teammates was the fact that he was willing to play hurt, and he didn't make it about stats or anything like that. He was just trying to find a way to win. And that's fascinating. And then- yeah, that's fascinating because I don't know if people quite understand the extent of his injuries and his coach coming up yeah. to him and saying, Hey, listen, you might want to redshirt this one out and come back fully healthy. Uh, also, you said in 2018, you saw that in him that he had pro potential, huh? Yeah. I, I felt that way. The first time I saw him practice on our field, wow. he's, he's, he has a lot of ability. I loved what you said about him in terms of last year. 33 touchdown passes, just three interceptions, completed 74% of his passes. Of course, you guys go 11-1. and You said he was great last year across the board, but some of his, a lot of his best plays were the simple ones. What did you mean by that? Yeah. Well, just that, you know, he can do some special things, but, I thought in his his uh, his last year here, he he just let the offense work for him. He let his playmakers make the plays, and if 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 you can keep the play simple, keep it simple. And I thought he did a great job of that last year. Just um, you know, and he, he, there's enough there's enough opportunities in a game where you have to do something maybe off the script, and those things those things are going to happen. But I thought last year he was just really mature and showed a lot of growth at just letting the offense work for him and um, trusting in his teammates. And I, I know that's going to be absolutely critical for him at the next level. Uh, you know, you got to – you're only as good as the system and the players around you, and you got to let those guys – those guys are getting paid to, to make plays, and you got to get them the ball. 
The Jets talk about his mental horsepower. Uh, what kind of football intellect does Zach have? Also, how quickly does he process? Because everybody talks about how much he lives in the film room and he just loves the game. Yeah, he wore me out, to be honest with you. <laughs> I mean, he uh, he kept me – he made me a better coach, kept me on my toes. Um, you know, I was, I was always worried about showing up to our quarterback meetings. You know, I never wanted to show up and have him know – more than I do about the opponent or for him to have seen more film than I've seen about a given topic, uh, which was a challenge. I had to stay, I had to work to stay ahead of him. And um, when it came to game planning, I was always, you know, working really hard to have a game plan that didn't have flaws in it because if it did, he would, he would find those flaws and say, coach, what about this? Or uh, just, just those things, you know, he's, he's, He's a voracious film guy, and uh, he's, he works at it really hard, and it, it made me a better coach. It was fun to work with him. Some guys are quick on the board, but when you get on the field, they're a little bit slower in terms of processing. This seems like he's got both, that he'll eat it up and he'll go up on the board, but when he plays on the field and chaos is around him, he can be calm enough to make the right decisions, but also go through those progressions mightily quick. Yeah, he's got a great uh, presence on the field. I, I can't remember. Ex I heard Steve Young comment something about that, about Zach, just his ability. He just He's really calm in chaotic situations. Um, he does have uh, you know, a great energy and uh, fire about him in the right moments, but um he's in the college game he was very very poised under pressure and um he'll he's a really physical he's a tough guy he'll take he'll take hits if he has to but he's smart about he got a lot smarter in his college career about not taking dumb hits his last year here and i i know he's going to need to keep getting better at that um but yeah he's a he's a really sharp guy and um he's ahead of his you know he's he's ahead of his uh, most most players his age at, at his knowledge of the game. I know now <laughs> this next level is going to be a huge challenge for that. But right, um, he's you, ready. What is the most unique thing about Zach Wilson's skill set? People talk about the way the ball explodes off his hands. We know about his mobility. Uh, and, and being able to throw, quote-unquote, off-platform like you talked about before. Um, what stands out to you above all the rest? His accuracy. It's, uh, and I know there's a lot of accurate QBs in that league, but um, he, he, he throws the ball with great accuracy from just about any situation you might need it, and um, he can he can put the ball, you know, sometimes the difference between a five-yard gain and then a ball a guy can run with for five or ten more yards might just be five or six inches. And he's a guy that understands how to get the ball in the right place so a guy has a chance to run with it after the catch. He has a great understanding of where to put the ball to protect a, one of his receivers from taking a big hit. Um, he just He's got great accuracy. And he can do it from the pocket or on the move. And I, I think, you know, years from now, I think that'll be something he's known for. 
Aaron, thank you so much for your time today, and congratulations on the promotion. Good luck as offensive coordinator at BYU. Appreciate it, guys. Thank you. All right, so we've heard from Mike Wilson. We've heard from Aaron Roderick. Now let's hear from John Beck. And before we get into Beck, can you paint us the picture of Zach Wilson's summer, his travel between Utah and California where he was training? So COVID hits. And a lot of things are shut down, right? So he said he was going to use that time to make himself a better football player. So no surprise here that Zach Wilson decides he's going to drive back and forth from Utah to Southern California to work with Beck. Which is like 10 hours. Yep. And then on the weekends, he wasn't driving to Southern California. He was flying to Southern California. So it all came together for him, I think, last year in that offseason because he was over the shoulder injury. He was over the thumb injury. And then he got going with the finer details and really became more of a complete player. And Beck at 3D QB, those guys are not just talking about getting you better physically, but mentally and emotionally and raising your awareness. And I think all those things came together. So then you fast forward to 2020, the guy's pretty much an unstoppable force on the field. And Beck talked about his work ethic. A lot of people have talked about Zach Wilson's work ethic. Well, the word that Beck used to describe it is relentless. And you heard that from Aaron Roderick. You got a sense from it from Mike Wilson, even from a young age. But John Beck really goes into detail as to – what that work ethic is. And also if, when you think about the story you just laid out there, driving 10 hours to and from Utah and California. And then also it's been publicized that he worked for DoorDash on the side during a, l- a little extra well, cash. It wasn't publicized. You talked to Mike Wilson. About uh, no, it. but I'm saying that story was out there. Yeah. Like I'm saying, I'm saying like, it, it wasn't like it was a secret before Mike Wilson told us that right. I'm saying like that story was out there. He worked for DoorDash in California to get his mom a Mother's Day gift. And, you know, I I think that shows the type of work ethic and the type of person that Zach Wilson is. And the one other thing I loved about John Beck when he was describing Zach Wilson, he talked about how explosive of an athlete he is. And you just don't quite hear that about every single quarterback. Uh, I would agree with that. He said it's hard to find a guy with more natural arm talent, explosive athlete, twitchy. Uh, and, and those kind of go under the radar because, yeah, everybody talks about him being able to m- throw off platform and make all the throws and stuff like that. But I think a lot of that goes back to basketball because Beck said, hey, listen, if you were at a park, you just took Zach Wilson to a park, you would say you would be wowed by his athleticism. You, you, mean, he, like, you mean like in hoops? Yeah. Or, yeah oh, right. yeah, yeah. Or just throwing the ball around. Oh, I see. You would I just see. see he's a natural athlete. He's a natural athlete, but he's also a worker who's mastered the monotony. That's what Beck said because he knows that to get better, it's all about ref- refinement. And to use a Robert Sala term, he's invested. This kid is 21 years old, but he's fully invested on the finer details of things. All right, well, that's another great segue. Let's hear from John Beck. John, we're about a month removed from the NFL draft. How much contact have you had with Zach Wilson since the draft? 
Um, you know, we've had times to talk on the phone here or there, text exchanges. Um, I, I know he was super excited to get out there as soon as it happened, right? That feeling of, I know what helmet I'm going to put on. I know I'm going to be playing for and this is happening was really exciting for him. But we've had a few exchanges to hear about just how it's all going and him adapting to the new situation um, and how he feels like he's doing. It's been good so far. Well, let's talk about the new situation. You were very vocal about it right around the time Wilson was drafted by the Jets. You said that you think he's going to a good spot. Why? I do. I think it's because it's all about people. My favorite thing was when I heard the phone conversation between him and Coach Sala about when Coach Sala said, it's not about you lifting this team up. It's about us lifting you up. I just felt there's so much wisdom in those words and so much experience in those words, especially coming from a coach on the defensive side of the football uh, to be able to have that perspective for his young quarterback, I think it's very unique, and I think it's exactly the environment that Zach needs to be in. Uh, it's very easy for young quarterbacks to feel like they need to have some heroic effort or some amazing performance followed by some other amazing performance to you know to turn something around. But that's that's not what it's about. It's a team game. These are organizations that are bringing a lot of people into the building, and it's all these moving parts. And really, Zach is just one of those pieces, and he can't try to do too much too fast or try to play like a Hall of Fame quarterback in his first season. He just needs to grow and develop, and that's why I'm excited for it. And, you know, I'm really excited for Mike LaFleur. I think he's been around a lot of really good coaches. He's learned under some really good coaches, and it's going to be a great opportunity for him to kind of take flight. And that sounds perfect for the Jets, right? Isn't that one of their things? Uh, <laughs> that's right. But it, it's going to be really exciting for him as a play caller and to do that with a young quarterback and both of them grow together, that's why I'm excited for it. Uh, before Zach was breaking records at BYU, John Beck was breaking records at BYU. How special is that fraternity, you guys who played the position there? Yeah, it's really cool. I, you know, for me, it was guys that went before me, guys that are in the College Football Hall of Fame, guy that's been a Heisman Trophy winner, guys that have been draft picks. It was really cool for me to be a BYU quarterback, and it's been just as cool for me to help out another BYU quarterback. And, you know, the things that Zach was able to accomplish this last year were spectacular, remarkable. It's going to be nearly impossible for any quarterback to duplicate the type of season that Zach had last year. But the thing that's the coolest for me was I got to meet him when he was 18 years old, before he had taken a single college snap. And to see the work that he put in, to see the, the way he progressed, to see that maturity that he's developed – and the ups and downs and to kind of ride that with him. That to me is the best part about helping somebody on their journey. It's going through all of those things and then having an experience like what Zach had is in terms of a season and then being able to be drafted so high. That's to me the cool part. But going back to being a BYU quarterback, you know, it's something I will always hold dear because it took a lot to get there. And it was a lot of hard work while I was there. And I'm sure if you ask Zach the very same question, he'll say the same thing. It was a lot of hard work. And it took a lot because there is an expectation. There's Davey O'Brien winners, not just one or two, but a number of them that have gone before you. And that's the expectation at the school. They don't care that those things were accomplished in the 80s you know, or the 90s. They look at it as no matter who's playing that position, if you are the BYU quarterback, they expect you to play tops in the country. And if not, they're saying we got to go find somebody else. So it's, it's really truly a special group to be a part of, and it prepares – 
I think, the quarterback well for the next stage at the NFL. You played in the National Football League. At what point you said you met Zach when he was 18 years old, and he actually became the youngest quarterback to start at BYU. At what point did you know that he's got pro potential? Um, his first year, you saw he had the potential to be a really good college quarterback. You saw these pieces, right? Like, this can... This kid can develop into a really good college quarterback. And you're not jumping too far ahead. I don't ever look at a high school kid and be like, oh, man, he's going to make it to the pros. There's just there's too many things going on. There's too many things out of his control. There's too many things that he needs to work on. Um, but I would probably say it was kind of like entering that sophomore year. I kind of gave some agents some like, hey, uh, you know, just keep your eye on this kid. And there was no way to know that he was going to be the number two pick. But you saw the makings of somebody that had all of these pieces that if they came together the right way, would be somewhere in the top end of the draft. And then even going into his junior year, there was no way for us to predict it. But, you know, we had a unique experience at 3DQB where we get to have all these guys that are successful NFL quarterbacks train with us and then out walks Zach. And so you're looking at what they do during their workouts and you're looking at what Zach would do during his. And you're saying, I know this guy will play at the next level. That was a no brainer. Um, what round, what pick, you don't know those things, but it was definitely, this guy will absolutely be an NFL quarterback. All right. So he got healthy after the 2019 season. And then he started making the voyage, the pilgrimage to 3d (laughs) QB. What is 3d QB set it up for us? Because I know the story has been often told that he spent a lot of time with you prior to the 2020 season, but what, is that facility like and what is a day like that you would spend in the off season with Zach? Yeah, I would say the, you know, 3d QB, what we are is basically a lot of NFL quarterbacks. We're finding ways. What can I do to be the very best? And at that level, it's all about small percentage points. And really Drew Brees is kind of at the heart of it. Drew Brees, Tom Brady, it was through Drew Brees that I kind of started this like way of thinking with the few people that we, I was working with at the time when I was playing. And then really it just evolved into me and my partner, Adam Dato, saying, all right, this is the beginnings of it. It's this little thing happening at USC and there's three of us there working, at, but we knew it was going to grow. It was going to evolve. And we moved down to Huntington Beach and Adam Dato and myself said, all right, here's where we think this can go. Um, and really it's just been in the last six years It's just each year we get more and more players coming to us, helping more and more of the elite guys play at their very highest level. And so from a college football player's perspective, you have an opportunity to come in and basically be coached the same way that these NFL guys are being coached. And it's not just biomechanics. A lot of people think, oh, yeah, 3D QB. You guys are, you know, you have ties to Tom House. And that was the beginnings of it way back in 2013. So you guys are all biomechanics. And that's not even close to it. Um, that's just part of what we do. But when a, like when a college guy comes to us, they get all facets of everything that we are doing to help top NFL quarterbacks play at their highest level. The communication that we have with their coordinators and quarterback coaches and how things fit into their offensive system. It's their dropbacks. It's the way that their body flows within a progression. It's the mechanical variables during all aspects of the throwing motion and also the movements that go into the pocket movements into the throwing motion. All of those things are broken down, enhanced. And really, if I could say one thing, it's we're raising quarterbacks' awareness of themselves, not just in the way that they throw, but in the way that they practice, 
and the way that they see schemes and the way that they see what they do making a throw. If we can heighten that awareness, it changes the way that they practice, not just when they're with us, but how they practice on their own. And that's our biggest thing that we want to impact. We want to impact them in such a way that every single day that they work on their craft of quarterback, it's been impacted by the things that we've helped them. And that really truly is probably the best way I can say what we do at 3DQB. You guys have worked with the best of the best when you're talking about Drew Brees, when you're talking about Tom Brady. What were the certain things that you wanted to work on prior to the 2020 season with Zach Wilson? And also, what can you say about Zach's work ethic? Because it's becoming legendary, these stories that he's driving back and forth from Utah. And then on the weekends, he wasn't going back and forth in a car. He's flying there. Yeah, I mean, it's just he's he's relentless. I would say the best word is probably relentless. Um, He's always dialed in on how he can improve and any opportunity he has to do that he's taking advantage of it for zach there was a lot of uh talent potential uh athleticism all of those things have been there um you know the quarterback position is unique because it doesn't come down to those aspects of talent alone right it has to be these refined skills it has to be functioning within these spaces a talented athlete within a pocket can do a myriad of things but do they always help in the protection? Do they always help in the play? You know, it may look really cool that the guy can take off and do those things, but within the play and the scheme, is that really the most efficient way you can play? So for Zach, it was tying a lot of things together, not just with his athleticism, but how his athleticism tied into the play design. Was he trying to do too much at times? Was he putting himself in a bad position at times? Or could he put himself in a more efficient position? All of those things were what we tried together. It wasn't about... Hey, let's get, you know, more arm strength on this kid. Like he had a talented arm. Did his arm improve over the three years we worked together? Yes. But it wasn't like he showed up with some weak arm. Um, You know, he he came pretty, pretty talented as a high school kid. So it was really about like this refining process and then looking at everything within the play. Are you trying to do too much? Are you trying to make a play maybe when it's not there? Or at times, are you putting your health in jeopardy? And maybe you won't be there for the next play. It's playing smarter. A lot of what Zach just needed to do was just those little fine-tuning things because the cool part for him, not every quarterback gets this in college football, but he got to have the same coordinator for three years. So you were watching this young man mature and progress within a system to where he got to the point where he mastered the system. He knew everything. It was just going to be about with him playing smarter within that system with all the tools that he has. And then when you get to take all those tools – plus his understanding, and then play a really smart way, you get what we all got to witness last year. Do you like his calmness in amidst the storm? There seems to be a lot of times, yeah, he can be accurate in the pocket, but he's very accurate off platform. And then when things are breaking down, it doesn't seem like he panics too much. What stood out to me last year, yeah, he completed 74% of his passes. Yeah, he was great in the red zone. He had 33 touchdowns, but he had three interceptions. So that speaks to his decision-making. Yeah, he's really smart with his decision-making. He knows when to take chances. Going back to that three years in the same offense, I think he had a great understanding of when to take a chance, when it's there, um, when to handle things the right way. Here's what I will say. You talk about that calmness and chaos. When somebody's practiced the right things, when they know and have a confidence in making those difficult throws, they don't have to panic. They've put themselves in those positions all the time on the practice field. 
So it's not something new to them. It's just a movement. It's space. It's the things that they feel a confidence in doing. I think all of us at times when we watch, I'm going to use the Olympics and you see somebody do something in the Olympics that seems just amazing and they do it with such calmness. Uh, it's because they have spent years refining that craft. And all of us as people in the audience are just in awe with how it seemed to just flow so effortlessly. Um, but there's so much behind the scenes work that goes into it. And that's really what I believe Zach is a master of. It's somebody who loves the monotony, the repetitive nature of this style, the style of practice you have to have to be good at those things, to make them look easy because they're not, they don't come easy, but because you have all that time invested, constantly doing it over and over and over and over. And trust me, I've seen him miss a bunch of those throws years ago, but he just kept grinding, grinding, kept grinding. That's what I believe makes him calm in that storm. And you know what? The storm's going to get bigger. Um, the storms that he faced at BYU in college football, uh, those are, uh, you know, tropical storms. Now you're going to get some what feels like hurricanes, right? Uh, but I think his nature of a, as a competitor, he's going to look forward to those. And he's going to have some failures, right? That's, that's going to happen. He's going to have some games where he takes some bad sacks. He's going to have some games where he throws some interceptions, that just happens in a young quarterback's development. The biggest key is when he goes back to the building on those Monday mornings and he's watching tape. It's how he responds and learns from those things that is going to be the biggest indicator of his future success. John, how excited are you personally for his next steps? Obviously, you've trained a lot of guys over the years, but it, it and you do establish bonds with people. I'm not saying you don't. But you and Zach share a lot in common considering your backgrounds. Just considering how much you've invested in him, how much he's absorbed from you, how much personally are you excited for what's to come? Well, you definitely feel invested. Almost, you know, I don't have a child at that age. I don't have a child that's even played high school football yet. Um, but you definitely feel invested when you've worked with somebody in that way for that long. Um, you know, a lot of sacrifices were made on both ends, right? Like his plane flight gets in at six o'clock in the evening on Friday nights. You know, there's a lot of Friday nights that would have been nice to hang out with the wife. And thank goodness she was understanding of uh, going to a park at six o'clock at night and uh, getting some work in. So you do feel invested. I'm really excited for him. I want all quarterbacks that I am around to have good experiences. Um, I had a unique experience as a rookie in the NFL with the team I went to, the situation they were in. And it really caused me to just, I root for quarterbacks, a lot of quarterbacks, even the ones I don't train. I just, I just root for guys because I know what they've invested. I know what they want to have happen, but the NFL is crazy. And it's just all these things happening so fast. And sometimes young quarterbacks land in really difficult situations. So for me, I love that the Jets are invested in him. I love what they've done to say that's our guy. And that's why going back to the beginning of this interview, what the head coach said about the team lifting him up. I'm excited for that because I see a chance for development. There's so many things, I've said a bunch of them already on this interview, of things that I believe Zach possesses that will help him be a great quarterback. But I can promise you, possessing those things does not guarantee it. Uh, it's all the things that happen on the field, that practice. There's so much in front of Zach that needs to go a certain way so he can be the quarterback I believe he can be. And yes, I'm excited for that. I'm excited for all aspects, not just the ups. I'm excited to see how he responds in the downs. I'm excited to see how he's going to grow from July to August, when all of a sudden he gets to have all these OTAs and then he gets to go back and watch him on tape and he gets to grow and have training camp. And then I'm excited for when training camp ends 
and he's got a little bit of time to say, all right, now it's now the like bullets are live and I'm the starting quarterback of the Jets. And now I'm excited for all those things. And I, you know, if I can make it happen, I want to be in the stands for that first game. Well, the bullets are going to be live awfully soon. It's been a great ride to date. Uh, John, thank you so much for spending time with us today. Yeah, you guys are welcome. Great stuff from everybody. Mike Wilson, Aaron Roderick, John Beck. Now let's paint the picture of Zach Wilson with the Jets a little Mm -hmm. bit, what we've seen. It's been a short amount of time since we've seen him on the field. We haven't even seen him in pads yet, but he's endured his rookie ebbs and flows. Yesterday's practice, a couple interceptions, practice before that, a couple great throws, a couple wowing throws. I mean, I think he's definitely ahead of the curve in terms of a rookie. I agree. I think it's hard not to be excited when you watch them on the practice field. Now, they are in shorts. And Salah says that you're going to learn more about people through adversity and conflict. And John Beck said there will be times where this guy's going to be on a football field and take some sacks that he shouldn't. He's going to have some interceptions that he regrets. It's how are you going to respond to that? Uh, I love how the way Beck explained it. At BYU, maybe you saw some tropical storms. In the National (laughs) Football League, you're going to be seeing some hurricanes. Nice. I like that. (laughs) I like that. And I think we'll really see what happens when the pads come on in training camp. But I think it'd be difficult to find somebody that's been at practice here at One Jets Drive, whether that's OTAs or minicamp, and has come away not being impressed by Zach Wilson. Great touch, a great touch on the football. Uh, he, the ball explodes off his hands, his hand. He can throw it from any different arm angle. This system favors a quarterback who is a fluid mover. We've talked all podcasts long about how athletic this guy is. He can't get enough mentally. Lafleur said that I have a hard time because I want to pump the brakes a little bit, but he wants more. Um, he's also... That might be the only time that somebody in the building pumps the brake. Yeah. All gas, no brake. Yeah, that's right. And, and Salah, and you love this when Salah said about uh, just football 101, 301, 501. I, I think Zach Wilson is a great student. So mm-hmm. he's going to take all 101 in, but then he's not looking to skip a step. He wants to master that, but then he wants to go to 301, and he wants to go to 501. But yeah, listen... Bottom line is, if you watch him on a football field, uh, he, he is. there's a reason he was a number two overall pick in the draft. Right. I also think he looks in control for a rookie, right? I mean, I know this might seem slight, but we, we both had a conversation about it on the field when Zach Wilson got somebody on a, on a hard count. Right, and that's, that might be football 301 as opposed to football 101. And Zach Wilson has shown the intuition to go from a touch throw, one play down the sideline to an immediate rope the next play over the middle of the field. And we saw that in practice many times. And also, we've also seen the accuracy, the ball placement. I'm just thinking about the play to Elijah Moore down the sideline with Bryce Hall in good coverage. But Zach Wilson put it in a spot where Elijah Moore would be the only one to get it. Uh, and, and going back to the interview with Roderick, is that he said he knows where to put the football where a guy can take it 5, 10 yards after the catch. 
as opposed to maybe just somebody coming up with the catch and there's no yak. Um, or putting the receiver in a good position where he's not going to take a big pop. Those are big things in the National Football League where you're playing with the best of the best every week. Interesting transition. BYU most Saturdays last year, they were the more talented team on the field. In the National Football League, a lot of times you're lining up with teams that have about equal talent as you. So it's those finer things. But not only Zach Wilson, this class, this draft class, has a chance to be special. I'm telling you that right now. I don't think that there's a way that we can continue on this podcast. That's a great way to put a period at the end of this sentence. And that was another episode of the podcast profile series right here on the official Jets podcast.